All right, well, 52 weeks and uh, 42 episodes later, this is the final edition of the Guardians of the Future podcast for the year of 2021. Thanks for joining us on, I can't believe we recorded 42 of these, so it seems like a whirlwind, but uh, yeah, here we are again. You just can't get rid of us, and we're back to, to burn through your ears once again. I'm Justin Latta, and this week I'm joined by Willie Hood and Joe Koblitz. Willie, what, Joe. What? Joe, welcome, welcome back, Joe. It's been a while, yeah. Joe's been hiding, selling fish and to people, and teaching them how not to kill animals. That's the goal. Do you have any reptiles, Joe? You know I do. <laughs> he's been I, tending I, to a lot of reptiles. That's what he does when he's on the podcast. Yeah, I have a, a salcada, which is wonderful, and a a snake named Snack. And that's about it right now. I don't have that many reptiles. I definitely have more fish at this point. You've traded all your all your reptiles in for more fish? Yeah, essentially. I've got something like 13 aquariums going right now. Jeez. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I got one, one right next time. to me here. Actually, I have two next to me. I had a hard time keeping fish alive when I was a kid, and I stopped getting them for that reason, and... I don't know. It just felt wrong to be so bad at it and something so simple and just keep killing them. Yeah, you probably shouldn't murder things generally as a rule. Yeah. That's my Christmas time advice. Yeah. Uh, don't a, murder things. That's a good thing. way to wrap up the That's a good way to wrap up the, <laughs> the year. Some life advice going to 2022. Willie, how are you doing, man? Spectacular, man. Been studying about the draft. You know it. Yeah. Yeah, which about one? all there is to do baseball wise right now. <laughs> yeah, which one? All there really is to do baseball wise right now is the draft. Yeah, we just kill all Joe's jokes here. It's usually what we do. What? Um, <laughs> we always kill Joe's jokes. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say the. Uh, I feel like Twitter, at least baseball Twitter, has been dormant or dead or very boring since uh, right before the holidays. Like I haven't even been on Twitter that much since since the holidays started. And George Valera had a home run last night for uh, his Dominican Winter League club. And for a second there, it felt like kind of like the regular season again. I was like, oh, this is exciting. We have a highlight of a George Valera homer. We have a bat flip. People are getting excited, tweeting about him. I'm like, it, it felt like it was, you know, July again. And then that, that stopped and dissipated. And now Twitter is kind of a – a vast wasteland of nothing right now. And yeah, I try to avoid it. Generally, I find that you can't say anything on there without a negative comment back. And to try to get a coherent point across in such little space is pretty worthless. So throw some pictures up there now and then, but I can't believe you even say that Joe. Well, so that's fine. You can say that here. I just don't, <laughs> don't want to have to read it. You're wrong. You're just wrong. That's fine. I'm You're glad wrong. to be yeah. wrong uh, in a conversation. Uh, <laughs> just don't like it. <laughs> well, I found an article on the internet that says that you're wrong, so you're wrong. Good. Yes. I wrote it. <laughs> Joe wrote an article that said he was wrong. <laughs> Actually, you know it had your wife's name on there. So. <laughs> oh, she would never write anything. Uh, 
No, back in the day, uh, this is topical. Uh, like five years ago, I wrote a series in the postseason. Uh, you know, during the winter, I wrote a series of articles uh, that were about why the Indians are named the Indians, why they, uh, why Chief Wahoo is the mascot, and then a pro and an against. So I was like arguing against myself. I was like pro the name and then against the name, and people were attacking me on the pro the name one. And I'm like, read the the next article. I just I'm just putting arguments out there. I'm not saying this is my opinion and they got pissed about that I think one that's, i think that's proof people just read what they want to read and then they just stop reading once they've read what they wanted to hear or see yeah well i'm sure that's kind of the lesson. I, I, people generally would just want to read what makes them angry anyway that that seems to be social media in be angry. i'll simplify it yeah yeah, I mean, so like, if anyone wants to listen to this just because they hate me, that's great. So then I'll give out. We could use. We, we could use. I'll, I'll give out a Christmas gift too, since Joe gave uh, Justin advice. My advice to you, Justin, is to just be angry. Right. Cut out all so, the other wait, stuff wait. and just be angry. So don't don't kill things, but be angry. So just don't be angry yeah. enough to kill things. Yeah, well, you just can't take out those frustrations <clears throat> on anything except the podcast. Okay. I need to write this down. Yeah. This is going to go, this is going to go my inspirational calendar for 2022. (laughs) Just so I don't forget. I have so many notes sitting here. I just want to make sure I don't forget that. Don't be angry enough to kill anything, but definitely be angry. Okay. All right. I'm ready for 2022. Let's bring it on. I got all I need. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe we should talk about baseball stuff. We're yeah. Let's argue about something. There's five, we're five minutes in already. People are like, really? You guys aren't talking about baseball. You're talking about fish and not killing things. Okay. Um, let's see. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter first. I guess we'll get that out of the way. Cause I always wait till the end of the podcast to do it. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're listening this long, you're following all of us anyway. So why don't we do that first for a change? Um, official underscore C G B I on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Willie on Twitter at, W I L L H O O nine nine. You could follow Joe at still I B I underscore Joe. I don't think no, he's changing it. I he already... thought it did. Oh, it is I B I. I changed the name. <clears throat> I didn't change the app. Yeah, your name is GBI. Yeah. Okay. Joe is resisting change. Um, I am JL baseball underscore baseball. I never change. Uh, you know, I used to be next year in CLE and then. Um, somebody I was, I went to college with, who I did sports radio with in college told me I should change it. And I was like, I don't want to change that. You know, I like this and I kind of miss having that handle. Now it's just jail underscore baseball. I feel like next year in CLE was kind of a unique one and now yeah. it's just generic. I thought I stood out with the other one. I'm um, trying to look to see if I, I, I joined MeWe just to have a thing on there. I never posted ever. What is that? It's just another social media thing. Oh, because we definitely need more social media. I, I, I like. I just want something that's not as negative. <laughs> oh, for now. So I don't. It's not I don't negative now, anything. but it will be. Well, no, I don't know. There was no Indian stock on there, and the the only Indian stock on there was people complaining about the team name change. So I was like, ah, oh, this is pointless, and I didn't want to jump into that. That seems pretty negative. That seems yeah, negative. I didn't want to jump into that discussion because I'm not on that side of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever side you're on, uh, we are GuardiansBaseballInsider.com if you'd like to 
Check out the site. Subscribe. It's only four ninety nine a month. We'll get that last push to subscribe for the year in uh, month to month. No commitment because now's a good time to subscribe because uh, coming in the end of January, start of February, if you guys already weren't aware, we'll have the uh, the top prospect rankings coming out again in February, which means new scouting reports, new rankings, uh, diamonds in the rough, cutting room floor, all that good stuff. And then uh, I know, Willie, you've got you and uh, Jared have a ton of draft stuff you've been kicking around. I think uh, I think if we're already not an MLB draft site, we're going to be next year because you guys have a lot planned. Yeah, I, I don't know what all uh, Jared plans on doing just because we haven't felt <laughs> too deep into his into his plans yet. But I am planning on getting out a few pieces about prospects that line up with what Cleveland has drafted. So you probably see. Uh, I haven't decided if it'll be two pieces or four pieces, but it'll be several players, probably up to 20 or more um, that fit the draft profile, so to speak. Um, I've been really digging in over the last few weeks. Um, Really digging in for me is like watching video on everyone. So, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I I think, you know, I do a pretty thorough job on that because I've heard of a lot of guys that people haven't. Um, But uh Anyways, there'll they'll be that, and there might be a surprise piece in there, too. And I'm not going to say more about that, but I will say that we are planning on doing a joint piece with Northside Bound again, um, where we do a mock piece together. So there'll be a mock draft with Greg and myself uh, at some point in time. I just don't know when we'll line up with that. Yeah, cool. That that um, that trade piece with with uh, Northside Bound with Greg was really fun. If you guys haven't checked that out, it was uh, <clears throat> a collaboration between a couple guys who do some Cubs or one guy that does Cubs writing uh, prospects and Willie, and they went through and uh, discussed some trade scenarios between the Cubs and the Guardians, and um, they did end up making a trade. I won't spoil it if you haven't read it already. I've mentioned in past podcasts, so that's already out there. But definitely go take a look at that. It was a fun experiment and. Excited to stay connected with them because they do a good job over here, over there. And then uh, last thing real quick before we get into the meat of the podcast, uh, we are looking for some new writers for 2022 um, to cover Columbus, Akron. If if you know anybody who lives near Lynchburg, Virginia, we're always looking for someone out there. It's hard to get people down there. Um, Joe could use a new mentee in Arizona if – Anybody wants to hang around with Joe and, and learn about the Arizona, con, no, the what is it now? The complex. complex league. But the next thing would be extended spring training. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's extended uh, spring regular, training in there. Regular spring training, then extended spring training, and then uh, complex league and instructs and fall league. So it yeah, really is the best. Like, and... yeah, it's definitely the best place to be uh, for year-round baseball. It is. All you got to do is put up with Joe's jokes. Just laugh at his jokes and you'll be fine. You'll learn a lot. Wow. Okay. Joe's not going to laugh at my joke about him. Nope. That's fine. Okay. Well, you get to hang out with Joe and his no sense of humor and learn about baseball and walk your dog outside of baseball parks and look like you're not suspicious. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, let, let us know if you are if you are interested in, in writing about the guardians, the system, or if you know somebody who might be, um, we are looking going the next year. 
All right. You guys want to start with questions or do you want to dive into some other other topics we had listed? I feel like we always do questions last. Maybe we should do questions first. I say let's do the questions first. Joe, do you concur? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's do questions first. All right, maybe we'll spur some good debate. Um, Quincy Wheeler, our buddy Quincy on Twitter, said, which Guardians prospect, pitching prospect, do you have the highest confidence in to be a viable major league starter? I guess this could happen at any time. So, Joe, who – we'll start with you. Which which pitching prospect do you have the highest confidence in to become a viable major league starter? I feel like you're going to say Cody Morris. So I would still stick with Daniel Espino. Like a high end. Daniel Espino. As far as a high end starter. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what viable means. I would just assume someone who's can start every fifth day. Yeah, so that could be Josh Tomlin. Look at you giving love to Josh Tomlin. See? We've come a long way in this Josh Tomlin is a viable major league starter. So you're saying Adam Pico wasn't? Uh, He's like Josh Tomlin Extreme. (laughs) So there's something there. He's a viable um, Korean baseball organization pitcher, not a major league baseball pitcher. True. Can't argue against that. Do they not hit as many home runs? I I have not. I've, I've only seen, I think, one Korean game ever. I think they hit more. Home runs. So yeah, more. Then the that ball. doesn't seem like he'd be viable there. But okay. Well, I guess we're going to find out. He's going over there, so he's going to figure out if he can be more viable there or not. Well, good for him. Willie, what about? Yeah, Willie. What about you? Who Who do you think is the most prospect who you have the highest confidence in to become a viable major league starter? Well, everybody knows that I really like Daniel Espino. Since he's already been mentioned, I will go to my option B, which is Gavin Williams. Um, I definitely think that he's going to be a major league starter, and I think he has uh, high-end potential as well. As I said, he's the one arm in the, in the system, I think, that could bump Espino. I, I really like Espino as a starter, even if he still does walk a lot of guys. I think he's going to strike out a, a lot of guys too, so I think it'll carry for him. I think Williams has the stuff, the size, everything that you want. Um I'll leave. I'll leave another pitcher unnamed for you, Justin, because you may go that direction. Yeah, I'm who, glad who you went. Joe said. I'm saying I'm glad uh, you went younger because the the easy way out is just to pick somebody who's already you know major league next week ready. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so I, thought, I can't pick Logan T. Allen then. Yeah, you can. I don't care. You can pick anyone you want. Obviously, that was my pick. I was going to pick okay. Logan T. Allen. No, no. If you want Fair me to enough. pick somebody who's who's farther away than Logan T. Allen, I can. No, I, can I just make appreciate that <clears throat> Willie did because uh, usually I'm the young guy on this, <laughs> picking people that you know are at the lowest possible level. That's well, I was going to say Tommy um, Miglia, but I wasn't sure how to say the last name. So, fair enough. Just go Tommy V from now on. If we talk about Tommy V, it's Tommy Ventimiglia. We'll say. Um, okay, if I can't go Logan T. Allen, then it's your show. You can go me... wherever you want. <clears throat> I guess I can, but <laughs> I think you can go with Logan uh, T. Allen. Yeah, well, he is kind of close. I feel like that, Joe's right. That is a cop out. I mean, he's he he could be at the fifth starter like tomorrow if they really wanted to go that route. Because I think he's I'm going to pick good. Shane I... Bieber. Oh, sorry. 
Cal Quantrill. That's seem that's uh, that's decent. going out on a ledge a little bit. All right. I don't know. Is Shane Bieber ready to recover from his shoulder injury? I don't know. That's that's uh, a, by that's the time a risky the pick. By the time the season starts in June. Yeah, in June. Oh, geez. Okay. Here I was thinking July. July. What are we going to do for six months if that happens? <laughs> Jeez, guys. I guess this is supposed to be a positive podcast. We're looking forward. I'm going to teach you all how now to soak things. Check out the inspirational quotes, Justin, man. Just remember uh, what the two inspirational quotes from earlier. Well, Joe, Joe's intentionally uh, making me angry because he's saying the season won't start till June. That's intentionally making I, me angry. I'm trying to think of what the quote is. Oh, people ask what I do during the winter. I sit out sit out my window and wait for spring or something like that. Stare out my window and wait for so spring. Now it's wait for summer. Yeah. Great. Can't wait. Can't wait to do that. I guess my allergies will be gone by then. So if I don't go to a baseball game until June, then I'm not going to worry about allergies. That's good. Okay. How about this? How about I go with Doug Nikhazy? I love Doug Nikhazy as, as Willie knows. So if I can't, if I, uh, if Logan out, Al- Logan T. Allen's cop out, how about, um, I have a lot of confidence in Doug Nikhazy being a major league starter. He hasn't even pitched yet either. So Willie and I both went younger than you, Joe. Cool. And I'll hop in on Nikhazy there. I, I think Nikhazy is likely to be a starter too. Um, I know there's a lot of people that said he should be a reliever because of his control. I, his control is just like his walk rate was barely over three per nine last year in, in the SEC. That's good, really good competition. Um, you know, I think he can start long term. I mean, might as well let him start in the meantime to see if he can, but he, okay. He did say my major league starter. Okay. I, how about this? I have confidence. I have high confidence in Doug Casey being a viable major league pitcher. Maybe not just a starter, but a pitcher. I have a lot of confidence in Doug Casey. Uh, how about Len? Let's see our buddy Len, uh, which middle infield prospects are they most likely to part with for a corner outfielder? And which ones do you have highest in your rankings? Well, as good a friend as Len is, he is not going to find out our rankings on this show because they don't come out until February. That's uh, top secret information there. Um, Willie, which middle infield prospect do you think is most likely to be used in a trade for an outfielder? The one that the other team wants the most. All right. Joe, what a solid answer! No say on that. <laughs> what a solid answer! Team wants the most. I mean, if they were uh, really Gimenez. good, they would give up the one they want the least. Gimenez or, or Arias, I think. Um, it, and like you said, there it depends a lot on I think what the CBA looks like, who Cleveland would trade, or if they're even willing to trade those guys. Um, my personal favorite is Rokio, but in the right scenario, I would trade him. Um, he's one that I'm, I'll say I'm one of the, I'm, I'm very high on him, but there's, there's a few guys, obviously. I definitely think you can trade one or even two of them in separate deals and um, still have that depth there to, uh, to not even notice really that we've given up a, a pretty significant high level prospect. Because there's somebody right behind them to backfill. That's fair. I think him and his makes a lot of sense. Joe, who do you who do you think the corner or the middle infielder they have is most likely to be traded if they trade for a bat sometime in, in June? I, if you're I would definitely think 
they would go trade from the top. They they have been trading from the bottom a lot, but if you wanted to actually get value in, you got to trade somebody who's essentially major league ready already. So I was thinking the same way with them at the Jimenez or uh, I'm also thinking like, you know, I'm still not quite sure what's going on with Nolan Jones. And now with Richie Palacios playing outfield, like, I feel like there's something that they could move in that group without really hurting the future of the franchise. And so like Richie Palacios, you might not say isn't in middle infielder anymore because he played outfield in the fall ball and a little bit in the regular season. But I think he's up there as someone who has a lot of value and they don't need him per se, unless they wanted to keep him in the outfield. I agree. I think Arias is another one. Yeah, I agree with Will. I think Rokio and Tyler Freeman are my two that if you're going to have someone that's untouchable, which no one's untouchable, but if you're going to have someone closer to that, I would stick with Rokio and Freeman and figure that they can be your second base shortstop combo uh, between the two of them. I do wonder what they're going to do with Quine Palacios because I've said the Quine Palacios are kind of redundant in a way. They're both kind of left fielders. Maybe they can play a little bit of center. Um, I don't know, Joe, maybe you saw Palacios play center in Arizona. I don't no, think I saw him in center out. In, no, he was corners. But I have seen just Quan left. play. I, I like Quan in center. I, yeah, I've seen I mean, him play there okay, a bit. So they're just similar players, so I kind of wonder. The only, the only reason to keep Palacios around out of the two, like I don't think you can – I don't know if you can find room for both in the major league roster because they're kind of similar players. And the only re- the only thing working for Palacios over Quan is that he can play second base. He's played short, but I don't know if he's really a shortstop long term. No, but, I don't think so. Right. So, but he can play second and he can play yeah. outfield, whereas Quan is just an outfielder. So I guess that might be a way to find room for both of them. But they, you know, you have Josh Naylor. And I'm trying to think of like where they could even fit a bat in the corner outfield. And I think you're right. I think, um, I think if they're going to add a corner outfield bat, it would make sense to include Palacios in the, in the trade or Quan for that matter. I guess you could, but I don't know why you trade an outfielder. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're trading, I, I've just seen this experiment done now at least three times, starting with uh, Francisco Mejia years ago, and then with mm-hmm. Nolan Jones and now with uh, Palacios. And it's very, it never seems to work out. <laughs> I mean, it did, it used to work out when they did it with Casey Blake and Lonnie Chisenhall. You know, moving guys from the infield to the outfield and having them become better players for it. But recently, they just well, haven't like even taken it to that next level. The one thing that didn't work for Francisco Mejia was I don't want to say he was, you know, I don't want to say he's lazy because that's that's the wrong thing to say. But I do know he was not really interested in learning other positions when he was here. So like when he mm-hmm. was when they were trying to teach him third base, there was a lot of people who said. Uh, he just was not very interested in learning. He wanted to stay catcher. And I, I don't blame him for that because everyone said, well, catching is going to give him the most money going forward as mm-hmm. a major leaguer because if he's a good catcher, he'll make more money than a third baseman. But um, he just wasn't interested in learning our positions. So I wonder if that worked against him, you know, like you said, not working, moving positions. And he seems to have found a comfort level in the major leagues and he's still catching. But um, I just don't. I don't know. I, I just don't know if you can 
Um, if you could find room from for Quan and Palacios in the roster, and less Palacios is also an mm-hmm. infielder, so I think it makes sense to move Palacios. You're right, but the one guy I would. I don't think you could trade him quite yet because I don't think his value has peaked, but I think it's Jose Tana for me. Like I like Tana's future, but like if you're going to trade him this winter, I think you're, he's going to have more value mid season. I think because once mm. he, once he plays double a full time, if he has a good season, his value is going to spike a little bit versus where it is now. Um, well, and I, I think, I don't know. You I, wanna, I would they're, say they're all on the point. Yeah. They're all on the 40 man. So like that's, to me, I wouldn't look at the, anybody who's not on the 40-man uh, seriously. Uh, well, who would that even like you, be? Because, I mean... Well, I mean, they have good shortstops down below that point, uh, but they're just not going to bring you back any, you know, like, great players for, like, Angel Martinez or Gabriel Rodriguez or something like that. Right. Yeah, I would, I would good, say Gabriel Arias. I mean, if you trade from the top, yeah, that's, that, that's going to get that you a lot, a lot of value. Of yeah. So I, I look at it, you hit on it, Justin, is who has peak value right now that you could trade them and feel like you got the most out of what they are, what they're going to be. To me, that's Jimenez and that's Arias. Those two are the two that stand out in that regard. Um, Tana has not peaked yet. I think we're another six months to a year Um in, in terms of value before we see that from him. Um, I don't think Martinez, you know, I, I think Martinez is a uh, probably an everyday player, possibly not at shortstop. Uh, you know, I like him a lot. I've kind of pounded that in people's heads for probably a year now, but I, I just don't think he holds the same value as those other guys do. I think the other question is too, is, is who are you trading with? Because, like let's say, for example, they get into a conversation with Brian with uh, Pittsburgh about Brian Reynolds. Well, the Pirates have O'Neill Cruz, and he might be an outfielder long term. But also the Pirates, like their their window to win is probably what another two or three years away, if not further out. So they might not be interested. In, I mean, they might like Gabriel Arias because he's a good prospect, but um, he might not be a guy that fits their timeline. So by the time they're good again, you know, he's into his arb years. So, you know, maybe they want someone who's further away and that might mean a Jose Tana or, um, you know, somebody else, for example. I mean, they might not be interested in guys super close to this level. They might want somebody else who, who fits their timeline. So maybe that's even, you know, like you said, a Carson Tucker or, I mean, Angel Martinez is not going to be a, a guy you can build a package around. He's going to have to be a complimentary piece, but, um, you know, it depends on who you're trading for. Like, you know, where are they at in their timeline? Do they want a guy that can step in tomorrow or do they want a guy that's going to be stepping into their, their most affordable years um, when the team's ready, ready to win? I think that also plays a factor into it. I know that's not part of the question, so I feel like I'm, I'm just complicating it, but that's kind of how I was looking at it too. Way to overthink things, Justin. That's all I know how to do. I'm sorry. I'll try to be better for that in 2022. I won't overthink things. Write that on your inspirational uh, calendar, too. It's going on the calendar. Don't get angry. Or just be, be don't be angry to kill anybody and and don't overthink things. Wow, this is getting to be a complicated calendar. All right. Um, Zach, Fino MVP on Twitter. What is the minimum the Guardians would accept in a trade for Jose Ramirez – 
to the Blue Jays, Mariners, or Mets? This is a complicated one. Oh, boy. Um, I would say don't accept anybody because you don't trade Jose Ramirez, but I guess that's not in the sphere of the question either. So, Joe, what do you think? What is what is the uh, the minimum in a return they should accept from one of those teams? Do you have anybody in mind from any of those teams? I, I, the Mariners, maybe if you could get the name. You know, they have to be the Guardians. We could be the Mariners. I do like the Mariners' be, name. That is fun. They got a cool logo. That would actually be very appropriate, too. I, I think that would be They're fair. Kind of close. Yeah, it's close. I wanted to be Commodores for the record. My first and also, he just said Jose, so he might have been talking about Jose Tena. Now, now who, you're overthinking the question now. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm assuming Jose Ramirez, but if you really think about it, sure, it's Jose Tena. It could have been Jose Baez, his brother. He's, you know what, the more and more I look at his stats, the more and more I think that was just a courtesy signing. I'm sure it was. That is not that like is not Juan, the reincarnation of Jose. Juan Gomez. <laughs> or Juan Gomes. Juan Gomes, yeah. You remember him? Who's uh, okay, so, he made it to Mahoning Valley. He did make it to the yeah. to the real affiliate for a little bit. Um I don't know. Do you do you have any guys in those teams? I mean the Mariners have Julio yep. Rod- Rodriguez, but I know they're not making that trade. <clears throat> it doesn't really so make is sense. Your anyway. just you don't can't... trade. Yeah, you can't change the name and the you know they just kept the colors. You can change the name, everything else, and also get rid of your best player. <laughs> that seems. I would agree. It, that seems like a way to ostracize the entire fan base because the people who actually care about the right things that should be what they care about is is who is playing on the field. And you can't go. Well, this is like the, one of the best players <laughs> in franchise history. Let's get rid of them for some people that you've never heard of. I would have to agree. I don't even think the Mets make sense, to be honest with you. I look at the Mets system, and I'm like, you know, we I, we already traded Lindor there, and I don't know. There's really nobody on that team I would want. Like, what we already, I mean, Roddy Mauricio is really good, but uh, Cleveland has a ton of good shortstops. I don't know, Willie. You got anything? You you know, I know some of those systems. I mean, I, I know we've both said in the past, just don't trade Jose, but. Yeah, I, I don't see them trading Jose with the rebrand going on. It just doesn't make any sense to further isolate fans and insulate the hate, too, if you will. Um, the ones that are already mad over the name change, you want to win those fans back if you can, if they're receptive to it. And trading Jose away is not going to do that. Um Obviously, I'm going to throw out Julio Rodriguez. If he's not on the table and prospects, I'm not making a deal with the Mariners. I mean, it, it's that significant of a thing. I said that the other day. There's five or six guys, somebody named from the Blue Jays, and I said all five or six of these players are not equal value for what Jose is to the organization right now. And it's not just the on-field value. It is the merch value uh, as far as selling and pushing a new brand and the optics behind dealing a player of his magnitude right now would be horrendous, especially when you're bringing in potentially a new minority owner. Um, and there's said to be more cash flow coming with that. I just don't see how you could rationally justify dealing away Jose right now. Now, if Jose said, I'm not signing here, deal me, 
and I have no intentions of ever playing again, um, that's a whole nother story. And even then you're not going to get value or perceived value for a guy like that. Um, to try to entertain the question, Lord Asguriel is a player that I would want from the Blue Jays, uh, Jordan Groshans, Alejandro Kirk, or even Gabriel Moreno. Um, there's a few other prospects. I still like um, Kloffenstein, one of the uh, pitchers that the, the Jays picked a few years ago. He's somebody I would want. Maybe an Alec Manoa, too, is somebody I would I would express interest in. Um, I don't know how you say the first name. Or or Valis Martinez Aurelis. is somebody else yeah, I have interest in. But it would take... It would take at least five prospects like that. And some of these players are going to have to be ready right now. Um, like I said, uh, Groshans, Guriel, maybe a Kirk or a Moreno. And it, you know, obviously it can be some interchangeable parts. A Martinez um, takes at least four of those guys, potentially five guys for me to make that deal. And yeah, I want players of that magnitude or no deal. Kind of the way I'm thinking of how Cleveland would play that. Yeah. And this probably comes on the back of the athletic before Christmas had an article that was um, with Zach Meisel and the reporter for the blue Jays. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but they did like a combined article too for a trade. And, um, the, it was if you listen to the Selbius Godcast, he talked about it, and they said um, the reporter from Toronto wanted to push this article, uh, you know, to do this idea. And Zach was like, "Well, they're not trading Jose. Like, this just it's probably not going to happen. So this is kind of pointless." But they did it anyway, and and he even prefaced it saying, "I don't think Cleveland's going to deal, and I don't think they're interested in dealing Jose." But here are, you know, some packages that could work. And then I think I think he had a mailbag too that said, "Here's." Um, some ideas from fans and one fan wanted the wanted Cleveland to send Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez to Toronto. And it was like Jordan Groshans and, and uh, a couple other guys. And everyone was like, this is not even, they're not going to trade Bieber and Jose. They're probably not going to trade one of them, let alone both in the same trade. Um, so I think that's where this question comes from. And and on the big, the Seattle thing, like, Seattle matches up well with Cleveland in terms of prospects, but Seattle has already said they're not willing to trade those prospects. Like they're not going to trade a Jared Kalanick. They're not going to trade a, Ho- a Holy Rodriguez for Jose Ramirez because those guys are ready to help in 2022 and they want to win with them. So what they would want to trade is like guys further away, like Noel V. Marte um, and some further away guys, which obviously Cleveland's interested because a Marte is a shortstop and he's further away. And Cleveland has intentions of competing somewhat next year and then the year after. So that doesn't make sense. So I think Seattle's hundred percent out. I think the Mets system stinks. I don't think there's any reason to trade with them. And there's a lot of interesting guys with Toronto, but like if you trade for Jordan Groshans, then okay. He kind of is a, she's a shortstop and he plays third. So you've got, you know, Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman and I guess Amit Rosario still here. And then you got Nolan Jones at third base. So it's like, what do you do with them? And, and I don't know. I, I, the catching thing makes sense because you have Gabriel Marino or, like you said, Alejandro Kirk, but then you have Bo Naylor and you have Brian Labastida. Like, I, I just don't see any fit. Like, the system is as good as it has been in a while, and you have guys that are 
are two to three years away or, or anywhere from one to three years away, I guess is probably a better way to say it. But every, that's what everyone's been saying what, for the last how many months now when it came to like the, the 40 man roster and trades where it was like the team doesn't need to add more prospects. It needs to consolidate prospects and put more players on the major league t- on the field for the major league team. So it makes no sense to deal Jose Ramirez for more prospects because you were trying to do the opposite thing and trading prospects for major league players. So the whole if you did trade him for prospects, if you did trade him for prospects and you already have a logjam of forty man roster players, you're going to trade him for some guys that can play right now, and probably some that are years away that may never see the big leagues. Uh, so you're taking a, a really big risk at never getting quality in return. And a lot of people think, well, we're getting back four or five quality prospects. You'll get back two or three, and then you'll get back a couple of lotto tickets. I would rather have the sure thing and take the production on the field and then take a draft pick and let him walk in a couple of years. And who knows with this CBA, maybe they trade or maybe they change the comp the compensation. And instead of getting one pick, maybe they get two or three picks. Um, if they give him a qualifying, qualifying offer, um, you know, that's, that's another thing that play this out, get the value on the field. And instead of, trading for prospects let's let's trade some prospects and bring in some guys to fill out the roster because they're not really far away from being a serious contender in my opinion i mean i have to agree so if to answer zach's question so um the mets there is no minimum because i don't think it works the blue jays i mean you you laid it out with a lot of different guys but i'm not sure it, it makes sense even and then like I said, the Mariners make the most sense in terms of players, but they're just not interested. And like, I mean, Julio Rodriguez could play for the team next year, right? Like if they made that trade, you could easily put Julio Rodriguez in right field for Cleveland next year and be good. I don't know if he'd be just as good with Jose Ramirez, but you could get Julio and and some other guys. But again, the Mariners don't want to do that. And if they don't want to do that, like you said, that's off the table. If they're not doing that, then there's no trade. So, um, yeah, the, min- the minimum at least starts with Julio Rodriguez for Seattle. I think that's where the conversation starts and ends for all three of these teams, and that's probably where it ends. So that's it. Um, Willie, you found you got a question from Nunzio Izzo? Uh, he he just wanted to know that? what we were excited about next oh, for year. 2022? Yep. Okay. Well, we can yeah, get we into all that. that last podcast. Yes, that is what we wanted to talk about this week, was what we're excited about for 2022. Um, is there anything you guys want to revisit real quickly from 2021? Any memories uh, in the majors, the minors, top performers, surprises, disappointments? Anything you want to revisit, Joe? I think I blacked out the whole year. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I mean, to be fair, everybody should be, have blacked out the last two years. So Yeah, no, that's like fine. I'm trying to remember who, <laughs> who I even saw this year. <laughs> Uh oh, uh, Diane Frias, right? We shout him out every oh, week. Oh yeah, that's a fun one. Shout out Diane Frias. Uh, it it was fun seeing all of the draft picks pitch once or twice, and then they were gone immediately. So at least I got to see them. <laughs> uh, it didn't last very long, but but that was good. Uh, and then those the couple kids that uh bumped up Milan Tolentino, Jorge Burgos, uh, those guys who did make the jump. Uh, mid-season and continued to succeed in Lynchburg. So that was all fun. Okay. 
And you had one less team to watch this year with only one Arizona team too, which is interesting. Yeah, and definitely consolidating the they, – they weren't the only one. Uh, almost – I think there's only one left. Maybe the, um, the Padres and Brewers, I think, both have two teams still. But really consolidating the league does help increase the overall talent level. I know some people just like, let's have a million prospects so everyone gets a chance, but you really don't need everyone to get a chance. That's fair. Willie, what about you? What were some of your memories of the 2021 season, whether it was the Indians and the, or the minor leaguers? Any performers, surprises, disappointments from the year? I think one thing that really stood out was the development of a few players, Class A for one. Um, really surprised. I mean, we knew what he was, but getting to actually see him pitch this year like he did, that was a breath of fresh air in the back end of the bullpen instead of having a Bob Wickman tied back there. Um, I I think the development of Cal Quantrill, seeing Tristan McKenzie develop from week to week, and also a surprise, I guess you could call it a, a bit of a surprise trade, bringing in Miles Straw for Phil Maton. Um they added a heck of a defensive center fielder long-term. So that was a pleasant surprise. I think you can even throw the name change into the category. We didn't know how long all of this was going to be in limbo, what the name was going to be. Um, I'm, I'll just say I, I like the Diamond C logo. I won't get into all of the other drama. Um, if you listen to the podcast, I suggest listening to the one after the name change. And I think I talked about it from a more personal perspective. Um, I'll leave that there. Uh, definitely excited to see some players for next year though. I can't wait to see this draft class. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's going to be, going to be fun to watch the 2021 draft class and also, um, get ready for 2022 as well. I would say, I agree with you. Class A's development was really fun. Um, Cal Quantrill, I think on the major league side of things, seeing him, you know, everybody talked about Cal Quantrill in spring training being the guy that um, was going to be was going to take the next step as a, a starter for the organization because of how good they've been developing starters. And then he had a terrible spring training, got put in the bullpen, and then injuries forced him into the, onto the major league uh, rotation. It took him a while, but he really, you know, kind of grew into that and kind of had a breakout. And I think there's a lot of expectations for him next year as a starter. So it was really interesting to see him go from. This is a guy we think is going to break out based on the track record of the team and some of the things from him and then struggle and then that not happen. And then to have it actually happen, I thought was really interesting. And then, boy, I don't know. I'm still I'm still kind of reeling from some of the, the developmental moves this year. Like Ahmed Rosario's playing shortstop, even though he started in center field and nobody knows who the shortstop's going to be. Well, it's going to be Ahmed Rosario until we – until we know more, until they do more. And then you still have Andres Jimenez. Until you, yeah, they trade him. Um, I mean, yeah, there's just so many. They needed answers in 2021 on a lot of guys. And I feel like that was a disappointment for me from this year was they still didn't get a lot of answers. Like Daniel Johnson didn't play, although I guess the way they traded him and now he's off the 40-man roster, I think that kind of says how they feel about him. So maybe they did get – they just – they gave their answer, mm-hmm. they thought. Um. But like Owen Miller didn't play a ton. 
Who else? I'll throw out some uh, minor league performances that really stood out. Obviously, Jose Tana and young Kenzie Noel, who Joe was on from the beginning. Shout out there to Joe. Uh, no, yeah, Joe's I mean, always wrong. Then we did, I was trying to focus on the guy. Joe's always wrong. I watched this year. I completely didn't say him. That's offensive. Lo siento. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's off the bandwagon. Or he, he steered the bandwagon so far, he couldn't keep up. Anybody else, Willie? Because we, we got to you can't you can't give Joe the credit there because we already decided that <laughs> Joe's wrong about everything. So you have to bring somebody else up now. Well, I, I think Espino probably did what people expected him to do, um, but the end of the season for him was very encouraging. I think he ended with a couple of starts with no walks, um, which is yeah. what you want to see. I think Petey Halpin. I got to shout him out because he had a pretty good year too. So. I don't for even have a PD helping for the for the PD helping cult uh, followers. You know, I, I think helping had a nice year, and then Aaron Davenport, <laughs> one of the draftees from this year, came up to Lynchburg and showed off his nice curveball a little bit. You know, so there there were some nice things from this year that I, I think um, seeing Gabriel Arias hit two eighty, I think it was two eighty four or something like that, a one year old, encouraging signs. You know. Um, that whole Akron team this year and the, the run to actually win the double uh, A championship, that was really cool. Did not expect it. Really cool to see it happen. Yeah, especially considering they uh, they came back from behind so many times. I mean, they were down 5 nothing in, the, in the, the final game. They were down – they were being no-hit the final game of the season. In the regular season, they needed to – to win that game to get in and they had to come back down from being no hit in the seventh inning. And then in the, they were up two nothing in the series and they were down like five, nothing again. And they had to come back and they won that. And then Bo Naylor got the game winning hit and he had a, a pretty miserable season. So his season and then on a high note, how about uh, Richie Palacios and Xavier Curry? Uh, neither of them played ball in 2019. Obviously they didn't play ball in 2020 and both of them now are, you know, firmly on the prospect radar and Palacios is on the 40 and, uh, you know, Curry's getting a lot of, a lot of love and dynasty formats for, for, for fantasy baseball. And I think he's kind of a sleeper in terms of real pitching prospects. So how about two guys that hadn't played baseball in two years um, come back out and have really great seasons. I think that's a, a really fun and, one. And I'll throw in two guys that, one that I think you were particularly high on and the other that I was particularly high on. Both of them, Nick's, Nick Enright, that you you were high on. Excellent season this year. And then Nick Miklo, however the crap you say his last name. <laughs> Mikolajak. <laughs> My brain is not I'm functioning. I'm not Tom Hamilton. Point. I know. I'm glad I'm not Tom Hamilton either. Yeah, those are good ones. And anything else for me on the 2022? Joe, you got anything else? No, not for 2022. Okay. All right. Let's let's uh, just do some quick hitters here to, to kind of wrap things up because we're getting at 50 minutes almost. Um, hmm. Which pitcher are you most excited to see in 2022, Joe? I'm going to say Gavin Williams and Doug Nikhazy because you both like them. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That means you have to tell us that we're right if if uh, those are sure. guys are both good. Yeah. Okay. Hold you to that. Well, I'll stick Louis, with what Gavin about you? Williams. 
I'll yeah. stick with Devin Williams and then throw out another name that we haven't talked about yet, which is Tommy Mace. He's not going to excite anyone, but I think he's going to move quickly and be a good arm. Rude. Good back of the back of the rotation type of arm. That should be a good one. Yeah, I think Tommy Mace will be interesting to watch. Um, hmm. Well, you already said Gavin Williams, and I guess uh, I can't be more excited about Logan T. Allen next year than I already was this year, but he was really fun to watch this year. What about um, Tobias Myers? I mean, kind of don't yeah, know what we have with him yet. Can I say, can I say, Carlos Vargas? I'm excited to see the return of Carlos For Vargas sure. after this year. I was I was really bummed about that because I mean we've talked about it on the podcast multiple times that mm-hmm. um, Willie and I both wanted him to be a reliever and he he might be going forward. I don't really know, but um, I'm excited to see him back on the mound and see where he can go because I feel like he was starting to get some helium prospect wise and then. Tommy John. Oh, you know what? For for a uh, pitching prospect, I will go also with another Tommy John guy, Willie. I will, I will say Ryan Webb because I I kind of feel like Ryan Webb is a sleeper if they can get him back healthy. Yes, he is. Um, that's another really nice draft pick that I think uh, goes kind of unheralded if he comes back and is as good as we think he could be if he's healthy. And he had first round smoke too, so then that injury popped up, so that could be a real sleeper move for them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when he's going to get back on the mound, but I, I hope we see him, you know, back relatively soon because I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with him. Also excited to see, um, you know, guys like Lenny Torres get to to Lake County too because, you know, he's another guy that missed a lot of time and he was okay this year. I don't, I mean, he made it the season healthy, which was important for him. The numbers don't make it look like he had a good season, but he was healthy and he showed flashes. So, um, curious to see what he can do with a season under his belt finally in 2022. Um, Willie, let's go back to you again. How about the hitter? What hitter are you most excited to see in 2022? Jake Fox. Jake Fox. Okay. Yeah. Another draft. Jake Fox. I think, I just think he's going to produce a lot of bats of all. I think he's going to be a high average hitter. Um, I really like what I've seen of him in video. Uh, obviously I haven't seen him in person and don't know if I'll get the opportunity to this year or not. Um, in person, I want to see George Valera. I, I didn't get to see him. Um, so he's somebody I'd like to see this next year. Joe, how about you? Um, I, I was going to say Bo Naylor, like as far as throughout the whole system, uh, I think he could like we keep talking about like, is it him or Brian Lavastida as far as the future starting catcher? I'd like to see if he can break out and prove that it is him. Yeah. How they handle those guys going forward is going to be interesting. Cause ideally I think Naylor would be the starter at AAA this year. Right. And then Lavastida would have been an Akron, but because Lavastida kind of caught up to Naylor and Naylor didn't have a great season do they both split time in Akron? Does one of them go to Columbus? I mean, and if, if so, is it Lavastida and you leave Naylor in Columbus? Cause Lavastida yeah, is already on the 40. Depending on the rest of the roster, I think you could split time in Columbus and just have them DH, you know, alternate that way. And they still get the plate appearances. Well, I think they will. I think it's just a question of where do they go? Like, I mean, I would say, I think Lavastida has got to go to Columbus because he's on the 40. You, in case yes. you need him, he's got to be a step away. But yeah. The thing is, in a perfect world, Naylor should have been in Columbus this year because he was in Double A. He started the year in Double A last year, yes. but 
now they've kind of almost flipped. It's uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with them, but I, I mean, it is interesting to see where, um, where those two end up to start the season. Yeah, and in, in person, they took away my big guy, Junior Caminero, getting traded to Tampa Bay. That's a good one. Yeah, that's really disappointing. I mean, Tobias Myers will be fun, but I, I'm really surprised they traded him. But you know. Tampa Bay loves those. Uh, I'm not at all surprised. Kind of <laughs> like, if, if you can get value for someone <laughs> in the DSL, you do it. That's true. That isn't that amazing. Actually, like, think about it. Like, that kid was 17 years old or 18 years old in the Dominican League, and they swapped him for a AAA pitcher who is now on the 40. Like, think of the yeah. You're the talking about seven, value there. You're talking about seven years away. I mean, that's maybe you know five at the fewest. You can't think that far in the future. What does that say about Caminero? What does that say about Myers? Like, I, I don't know. It <laughs> makes similar moves in the past. Oscar Mercado when they traded Jan yeah. Torres and uh, Connor Capel. Yeah, yeah. Capel hasn't really done much, and Torres looks like he's interesting, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get hitter. I'm ready. I'm excited for next year. I'm, I'm excited to see what Jose Tena does against. Um, double A pitching because he had such a breakout this year. Um, I'll be excited to see Kenzie Noel get to double A because that'll be a huge mm-hmm. test for him. I think he'll probably, I think he might start there at Lake County. Um, I mean, it depends on what they do with Joe Naranjo, but there's really nobody to play for a space in Akron unless they put Marcos Gonzalez back there or if they put Jonathan Engelman back there, I guess. But, um, you can make a case of starting a well in double A, but you know, that's going to be a huge test for him. So I'm, I'm excited to see him there. Um, I'll be excited to see PD Halpin in, in Lake County. Cause I know that's going to draw a lot of fans in Lake County. Um, <laughs> or, or three really so many, passionate ones. They're going to, they're going to just get season tickets reserved there. And I'm going to find them every game in Lake County, I guess. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll be interested to see. Um, oh shit! I had his name down here. I, I want to. If Alexi Planez gets to, to Lake County, I mean, he was a guy I already thought was going to be a big time prospect, and he still is. But um, you know, he didn't have the best year. He's still really young, but he was part of that same uh, July second class with No uh, Noel and Rocchio and Valera. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously not in the 40, and they weren't going to risk – they didn't have any worry about losing him, I guess, in Rule 5 because they didn't protect him. But I kind of want to see what he does now that he has a year under his belt as well. Do you guys have any breakout or surprise prospects for 2022? Pitcher, hitter, either any anybody? Joe? Yeah, you just said mine. I was going to say Alex Planes because I feel like he was extremely disappointing, but he's very talented, and I think he's going to have a big bounce-back season next year. I welcome that. He is a lot of fun. Willie, what about you? Any Anybody you consider a surprise for next year? I'll, I'll stay outside of the top 30 prospects because that's not fair, and I'll throw out Luis Durango. You've read my mind. I was I was gonna say Luis Durango, actually. I was really gonna say Luis Durango. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know who I'm gonna say. Shoot. I, it was my pick. Uh Isaiah Green. <laughs> Isaiah yeah, Isaiah. I well 
Durango was better oh, than like the... last year significantly. When in doubt, take a shortstop. <laughs> That's true. When in doubt, you could do that. Um, Dion Frias. I don't know. I don't know. Dion Frias. I, I don't know how to judge how good the Colombian League is, but Dion Frias, we write about him every day in, in the uh, the winter version of Around the Farm, and every day I feel like he's doing something interesting. And I I would assume like some Colombian guys, like cause, you know in the in the Dominican League in the winter. Um, there are some ex-major league players like uh, George Valera hit a home run last night off Esmil Rogers. So I don't know. There's got to be some guys in the Colombian league that are ex-major league players. I know Harold Ramirez is playing there. He's not an ex-major league player. He is a major league player, but he, I don't know. Frias is having a good winter down there. So maybe he is a guy we should get hyped for uh, next season. Joe was already on him as well, though. I would say... And I'm gonna stick with Durango. I think uh, Durango will be good. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Jonathan Rodriguez had a better year next year. He started to really improve towards the end of 2021, and he's also having a pretty good winter. And he's one of those guys that came in that uh, the 2017 draft. I think he. We all thought he was going to need some time to develop, and he he still has. But um, I think he's he might have a better season in 2022, and maybe kind of re-solidify being a, a bigger name prospect. Um, let's see what else we did surprise. We did uh, some breakouts. I guess we don't really know who's going to be at what level yet, but uh, Joe, can you pick another level you're excited to see next year besides the complex league? Yeah. My, I, I would assume because Lynchburg to me, that was the most fun team this year that Lake County is going to be pretty awesome next year. Yeah, except well, I guess not a lot of guys made it from from Lynchburg to Lake County. Saying, I, th- well, I think some the of them, fun, fun guy. Yeah, a few of them were promoted, but I wouldn't be surprised if they started the year in Lake County, and then by the end of the year, you may get some of those that uh, were the outstanding guys from the ACL this year. That's true. You what about Jake, you? What level Jake do you think? Fox. I would, I would hope so. Um, I would hope so. I, I think. A lot of your draft picks, Tommy Mays, Gavin Williams, Doug Nukesey, all end up at maybe Jack Leftwich and uh, Hunter Stanley all end up at um, Lake County. I think that's a, a level to watch because of the talent and the high draft picks that should be there in terms of the uh, pitching prospects that should, I think that'll start their season in Lake County. I, I think Columbus is going to be really fun because there should be a lot of talent um, that pitching staff should be very competitive and could probably pitch on for some major league teams, the Orioles. Yeah, that's what we said the last time was, would you would you take the Orioles pitching staff or would you take the Columbus pitching staff that might happen next year? I think we said it, it could be Columbus. I don't know. I think, I think Lake County, I, I see, I think Gavin Williams should start the year in double A because he's, He's good enough. He might as well just push him given his age. But I, I think he'll start in Lake County probably. And then you have – I think Ethan Hankins is going to come back from TJ and go to Lake County to start. Um, I think Carlos Vargas might as well. And then you're going to have, like you said, Doug McKay and a bunch of pro, uh, draft class guys. So I think Lake County's pitching staff will be exciting to watch. And then, you've, like you said, Joe said, Lexery Planez. 
Um, I, I kind of wonder if Gabriel Rodriguez will get left back in Lynchburg for a little longer because he really struggled last year. Like Planez, Planez struggled, but I think he got better as the year went on. He still put up good numbers, but Gabriel Rodriguez, I feel like, never really got better. So I think he might stick another year in Lynchburg. I think so maybe Planez he doesn't join that a, group. A strong second half and Rodriguez like a, a a good last month or something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't like anything sustained. It was very late, if anything. So, yeah, I would say Lake County just for the pitching staff alone, too. I, Columbus is going to be a fun pitching staff, too. Um, although, geez, in double-A, if they don't make a trade from the top, do you realize, like, Gabriel Arias could start at shortstop in Columbus again, even though he probably shouldn't be there all year. He might be. And then you have Rocchio at short again in Akron. Then you've got Jose Tana in Akron. Um, eventually you'll have Noel there. You should have Noel there. I mean, that's if you have Rocchio and Tana and Noel all in the same lineup, and I think Valera starts the year in Akron, um, just at least for the first half, that's a really good lineup. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And one of the catchers will probably be there as well. Uh, who do you think will have a surprise Major League debut? Which prospect do you think will be a, have a surprise debut in 2022, Joe? Nolan Jones. That, uh, at this That's point, that might be surprising. Honestly, I think no. it, would be pretty, it would be uh, <laughs> pretty surprising. If, if you want someone that's not on the 40-man, uh, I was actually thinking about Jerson Ramirez, just because it's easy for relievers, especially someone they might not care about that much. To That's kind of uh, jump someone up like that, and he's he's just another interesting player that I've followed for years now, and doesn't seem to be falling off. That was a guy I actually thought that they could still they, they could still lose him in the Rule Five draft. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Whenever that happens, if it happens, June Rule Rule Five draft in June. I have to do it before the season starts. Yeah. <laughs> so that means the season starts in August then. Oh, okay. All right. Rule five draft in May. We'll take it. Why don't you just watch you the Nippon League? The what? The Nippon League. Oh, oh, I was like, okay, yeah. Well, I guess we can do that again. I don't know. I can't stay up till four o'clock in the morning anymore. <laughs> I did that I did that March of twenty twenty just to watch baseball, but yeah. I didn't have a job at that point, so um I don't think I can do that anymore. You just got to delay the game. So we need, I mean, we, you can just record them state, and watch them later. No, no we need stateside baseball. We need stateside baseball. Willie, what about you? Surprise debut in 2022 from a prospect? Does Miko count as a surprise? Yeah. Um, I was, he's not on the 40. I was yet. looking I at him. He's not – yeah, he's on the 40. He's, he requires being added to the 40 next offseason. I could see him as a midseason call-up. He was excellent in Akron this year, in my opinion. Um Nick Enright would be another name I'd throw out there that truly would be surprised. Um, he had really good numbers in Akron this year too, but those the two Knicks could surprise people and make a, a debut this year. Yeah, I could see that. I guess uh, Logan T. Allen's probably not a surprise debut for next year because he should be pretty close. Um, yeah, relievers are super easy, so that's a tough one. Um, Hunter Stanley. <laughs> Hunter, wow, that would be definitely a pick out of out of left field to go that far. He's already twenty three, mm. so 
Well, that's probably because he's going to go to the bullpen, right? He's going to move fast. This is a tough one. How about – I guess it depends on what they do over the offseason, but um, how about Will Benson? If Will Benson acclimates himself better to AAA in, in 2022, and, you know, he had a good start to the year in Akron in 2021, I thought that, man, I think he's finally going to play his way onto the 40-man roster and be – legitimate prospect. I mean, he was a prospect, but actually start to sewage some, some uh, concerns about if he could be a major league player someday. And um, I don't know, maybe they'll find a way to, for Will Benson to get on the 40 man roster and uh, make his debut. He's only a year away. He's only uh, a step away. And if he has a good first half in triple A, the way he had in double A last year, maybe he's, uh, he gets a chance. If not him, if not, if not, Will Benson, I don't know. I guess Stephen Kwan's on the forty. That's not a good one either. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go back to the well. Carlos Vargas. If Carlos Vargas is healthy, um, he makes it to the bullpen this year because he's already on the forty. Does that kind of a surprise? Yes, okay. I think so. Since he's, he's recovering healthy. from injury, I'll allow it. Okay. I appreciate the, we'll the uh, rules as we validation. Go <laughs> yeah, there's no rules here. Let's be honest. Um, I don't really have anything else. I wrote down some other stuff, but uh, I don't know. Is there any trades you think the, the team can make going to 2022? Or are there any trades you think that they actually will end up making when the lockout uh, unfreezes, Joe? Like, is anybody out there you uh, think that I hate they can make a deal for? That's fair. I just fair. I think we talked about it. Like, if you're going to trade guys, trade from that glut of talent in the middle infield that's near double and triple A. So, like, it, yeah. like if you're looking to trade someone, it should come out of that group. I would hope, but other than that, I get nothing. Willie, let me let me predict yours, Willie. Uh, Brian Reynolds and David Bednar. Yes. <laughs> Was that a good prediction? No, I, I don't think they'll pull that one off, unfortunately. Not even um, David Bednar? Just David Bednar? No, I wish they would, though. I, I think they need that <laughs> arm. Um, I, I, man, I'm clueless. Everyone that's come to my mind, it just seems like there's rationale for the other team to keep them. Um, you know I like Sean Murphy, so I'm going to say they trade Eli Morgan for uh, recent for Reese McGuire <laughs> or Danny <laughs> Jansen or something like that, you know, that could be a good one. I don't know. That's that, Eli Morgan is their only, is their only depth starter at this point that has majorly experienced. That would be a risky deal because then you have, I know you have guys in the 40 who you like, like a Pilkington or um, Morris, you know, Logan T. Allen's not far away or Battenfield, but, and Cody Morris, but none of those guys have majorly experienced. At least Eli Morgan does. So if he's your but what about him number six and, guy and Logan S. Allen, I would like to leave them in twenty twenty one. So if we could just not go back to that, that would be great. I would like to. That's that's a you know if you want to go back to uh, disappointments from twenty twenty one, we can talk about that because I I was very disappointed in them in twenty twenty one, and I actually don't want to see the other pitch ever again. Especially Logan S. Allen. There's only room for one Logan Allen in Cleveland, and it's it's Logan T. Allen. 
think the Rays have one, and the and the Athletics. They both have a Logan Allen. I think so. Jeez, why are so many people with the last name Allen naming their sons Logan? Well, you know, I want to get Logan Tanner too. So stop! No, stop adding Logans to the to the system. It, it can't just, keep up. Justin, just wait till Tanner Burns and Logan T no. Allen are pitching, <laughs> and Logan Tanner is catching them. It's not going to get. Confused. Oh, oh gosh, I can't do that. I'm There's only so three. Confused. There's only three. Oh, only There's three. only three. I just checked BR, so we're, we're good. There's Logan T. Allen, Logan S. Allen, and the who does who does the other Logan Allen play for? The Tampa Bay. The Rays. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he doesn't have a middle name, so oh no, he doesn't. Neil. Logan Neil Allen. It's Logan N. Allen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think clearly the trade we should talk about for 2022 is is Cleveland acquiring Logan N. Allen, so we can have all three. That would be the and way we to do go. Love and to deal you can have the Rays. We do. You're right. Yeah. Which, very which 18-year-old which 18-year-old <laughs> shortstop can they trade should they trade Diane Frias for Logan and Allen? So he played 10 games last year with the Florida Complex League and hit a solid 200-333-200 as a 22-year-old against 17-year-olds. Oh. Okay, so, so you don't need not. to trade Diane Frias to get <laughs> That's him. Okay. Like All right, you can just trade like uh yeah, you don't have to trade anybody big for him then. You can trade someone really small. Mm-hmm. You can trade like Raynell Yeah, he's What's pretty that? small. Yeah, Diane Frias is pretty short. You're right. Shoot. All right, trade. Uh... All right, Victor Nova is five foot seven. You can trade. Yeah, that's him fine for, for Logan. Allen. There you go. So we're gonna have all the Logan Allen's next year. That's our uh, our trade prediction for 2022. Is all the team, all the the Cleveland franchise is gonna have all of the Logan Allen's. And they're going to have Tanner or Logan Tanner and Tanner Burns. Uh, we got a last minute question from one of our our uh, regular listeners, uh, Seattle BB. Um, let's see here. What is Eli Morgan's ceiling? Is there another gear if he adds a pitch? Can he flash for a season as a number three? Uh, Willie, what do you think? Is there another gear there for Logan Allen? Where do you see his ceiling? Is he if you don't trade him to Toronto first? For Logan Allen? Um <laughs> this S or T we're in. No, no, Eli Morgan. We talked about so many Logan Allen. Now we're talking about <laughs> Eli Morgan. <laughs> um for Eli, I don't think there's really another gear there. I think he's clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh in terms of velocity, you know the changeup. I think will play. A lot of it is him mixing up his pitching and pitches and locating. Um, I think he can be a, a decent fifth starter for some teams, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, something like that, or kind of a swing man for Cleveland. There's a role for him in Cleveland, um, a starting role in an, in a probably a non-competitive organization elsewhere, Baltimore. Well, Joe, I, I didn't want to mention Baltimore too many times. <laughs> I don't think we have any Orioles fans listening anyways, though. So. What was that first Never question know. we started the night with about who's most likely to be a, ser- uh, a, a, a viable starting pitcher, pitcher? Viable starter, yeah. It's uh, Eli Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> you you he's know a, this based on I, I think he's last better year. Than, yeah, I, I think he's better than Josh Tomlin. 
I think he's better I don't than agree with Josh that. Tomlin at being Josh Tomlin. You don't think so? He he did get only twenty home one. runs last year. Yeah, he's only had one go of it. I think he can drop the walk rate, maintain the strikeout rate, keep giving up homers. What else do you want? That that does seem which to be Josh a, Tomlin. You're right. Which is a was, solid fifth starter for a lot of teams too. Yeah, he was so close to giving up more home runs than walks. <laughs> so close. I have to look that up. Are you are you sure? Yeah, wow. I'm looking at it. He had twenty home runs and twenty two walks. Okay. Well he might he might flip it next year. I think he can. I wouldn't be surprised. Juice that ball. Twenty home runs and tw- twenty five home runs and twenty walks. I think uh, extra juicy balls with the new CBA. That's just on the title of our podcast, Extra Juicy Balls in the new CBA. I have value. <laughs> Good job, Joe. We, we got an hour and 12 minutes I'm in. I'm so excited. I, worth talking about. I have to add something <laughs> to the show. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah, I think Eli Morgan probably is who already, he already is, which is a guy who... Yeah, he's good enough to be a fifth starter on some teams, but if you're a good team, he's probably your um, your sixth starter guy who's in AAA and can fill in for injuries. Yeah. yeah, which is where Cleveland's at. If, if the season started tomorrow, which we know it's not going to because we said it's not starting until June, um, July. he would be the first guy up from Columbus. July. He would be the first guy up from Columbus. So that's, that's good for Cleveland, and that's kind of – I feel like that's – the best role for Eli Morgan is he's the first guy up uh, from the minor leagues. Eventually he's going to have to be more because obviously he ran out of options, but uh, what happened to Adam Plutko? He ran out of options. He went to Baltimore and then he didn't stay in Baltimore. Now he's in Korea. So I think, uh, I think Eli Morgan will have a better career path than Adam Plutko. Adam Plutko's, you know, he's pitched for quite a while in the majors, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, well, so I think I mean, that's kind of the point. Is there's, al- there's always another one of those guys coming. Yeah, I mean, there's Josh Tomlin, and then and then Adam Plutko kind of took that role, and now I think that's Eli Morgan. And yeah, and then there's uh, Darrison Feliz. No, I'm kidding. He's gone already. Darrison Feliz, Connor Pilkington. I don't know. Davion Curry. Um, Doug yeah, Nikhazy? eventually. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Doug Nikhazy is going to be is my breakout pick or my. Uh, he- I feel good about him. Well, no, I don't know. We just said Eli Morgan. Joe said Eli Morgan is a viable major league starter. So yes. I guess if. If I said the same about Doug Casey, then that's the same thing. Exactly. They're okay. exactly the same thing. Joe is always wrong, though. That's what we determined. <laughs> There's always someone who, who knows Joe is wrong. All right. Well, that's all I really got. Is there anything else you guys want to add in uh, at the end of our final podcast of 2021? Any shout-outs? Anything you – a high note you want to go out on? Or did you already kind of go out on the high note and you don't want to ruin it? I don't want to strain my voice with a high note. <laughs> I can't hit him either, so that's fine. George, I hope everyone out. had a good Christmas and happy holidays. Yes, that's a good note. Joe? All right. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Joe, Joe's good. That's, that's how I'm we start the podcast. We're like, I'm, ga- I'm glad to be back on the podcast. We're glad to have you back. I bet you are. I think. Yeah. Because the ratings, ratings boost. You put my ad on there, you get that big old ratings boost to the podcast. You didn't bring in those ads. That's sales. true. I have to go. Yeah, we're making so much money off the podcast. So, Oh, yeah. Thanks we to Sheath Underwear. To, 
<laughs> 16 different CBD, 16 different CBD com- companies. <laughs> I, I guess if you're interested in advertising for the podcast, that is Joe's audition to read your ad. So, Oh, yeah. Let, let Joe know. If you're interested in advertising, I guess Joe can read your ad. I'll sell anything. Yeah. He'll sell. He sells fish already. So Yeah. I'll sell you a 21-inch Flaco. I'm sure I would kill that fish too. So yeah, <laughs> all That'd right. Be fine. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't don't kill any fish like I do. Uh, don't get angry enough to kill anything. But, but what, was be the, angry. what was the other thing that's gone on the calendar? You got to be, be angry. angry, just not to kill anything, and then uh, don't overthink things. Yeah, that's fine. You don't can think about it things. as much as you want. Yeah, I, I don't have any other advice in that. Our, our only advice is don't take us too seriously and. Um, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again in 2022. Thanks guys. See ya.